Today we're going to share about the healing of the brokenhearted. I think it's a, a missed opportunity for the church to see the value of people overcoming their brokenness and walking into the fullness of Christ. I believe most people come out of the world, out of life, out of their youth, uh, broken in one way or another, damaged emotionally, mentally, needing a healing from God. But most Christians don't see the pathway or know the pathway to get out of brokenness. And how bad is it to be asking God to set you free from something, a desire, an emotion, a stronghold, and it doesn't leave. And then day after day, week after week, year after year, fighting the same thing until eventually you really give up fighting. And that's why I want to share about brokenheartedness today. It's within the idea of transformation, but we're going to talk about being broken and how to overcome it, or at least start to talk about it. Jesus, in Luke 4, verse 18, the famous verse, says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus is saying that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, not just to do miracles to see the blind see, but also to see the brokenhearted healed, to heal the brokenhearted. That's a ministry as important as physical miracles. It's an important ministry for the church. I know we have many hungry, zealous people looking for someone on crutches or in a wheelchair, in the mall and at a restaurant, going up and saying, let me pray for you, I can see that you're broken. But what you won't see is a person sometimes who's pushing the wheelchair is more broken emotionally than the person in the wheelchair is physically. And so it's important that we learn to, as a church to minister to, to everyone, not just the glamorous, I saw blind eyes open, but the ones who are limited in their life because they're they're broken down in their heart. I'm going to come over here to Romans chapter 8. If you've been learning from transformation, you know I'm going to tell you that your brokenness, the brokenness that you're fighting, is really in uh, your outward man, your outward body. You yourself are not broken. You are righteous and whole and holy in Christ, but you're wearing a body and an emotional and a man a natural man that is broken. And let's be clear, there's some really damaged situations. As a pastor, I've talked and counseled with many people over the years, and it, you have a, a pastor face, you call it, where you, you act like you're not shocked when you hear some things. When you hear how one person treated another, or things that have happened to one person, things they've gone through and survived through, They've walked through and they're still breathing and still living. And you realize, wow, that was that was horrible. But you can't give a, a shocked face. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. You know, you have to have the pastor face. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And, and really, the point is that there's help and hope for you. One of the worst things to fight with being brokenhearted is after you tried and prayed and asked God to help you and had hands laid on you and 
tried many, many different things to get that brokenness out of you because no one really wants to be broken. And after years and years of fighting the same thing, that eventually you can come to the place where you give up. You quit fighting. You just accept this is my life. That's a hard place to come out of. That's a very difficult place to come out of. And today I'm wanting to encourage you and hopefully put a little hope in you and fight in you that you don't have to stay the same. If you're listening today and you're saying, well, nah, that's this isn't for me. I'm not that broken. Well, you may not be that broken, but you are dealing with a natural man that is have problems. So you should listen to this too. <laughs> I'm going to read out of Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now the sufferings that Paul is talking about here is not the persecution from the outside. It's the day-to-day battle you have with your your own emotions, the, the body that you're wearing, the resistance to serve God, to re- the resistance to believe that God loves you, the resistance to believe in God. That is the suffering. So the suffering comes because you are resisting the direction of your outward man that's trying to pull you away from the will of God. And this is a very important verse because when I deal with people who really are brokenhearted, maybe, you know, some people claim to be be hurt, but they're not really hurt. You know, some people claim, well, I, you know, I went to a church and the pastor took full advantage of me and you find out, nah, really he didn't. You know, that's more of an excuse. But some people haven't. Some people have been really abused and used by religion and they need help and they need time to recover. Some people just use it as an excuse. Well, I find that when dealing with someone, when it comes to emotional healing or inner healing, as they call it, or brokenness, that either they're trying to get out or they're trying to stay the same. They're trying to be a victim to stay the same or they're trying to get out of being broken. They don't want to remain in that place. And it's important that you never stay in the place of being broken, that you don't accept that as who you are. You don't accept it as as how it's going to be. And I know that's easier said than done uh, if you're broken and you're fighting an emotional battle for years, it's easier to say don't give up than it is to not give up. But it's important that you have in you every day a reminder not to give up because the moment you accept your brokenness, you really stop expecting to do better and you start to train everyone around you how to serve that brokenness. So you become a victim. You're not supposed to stay a victim. Something could have happened But you're not supposed to stay a victim. You're not a victim. And you're an overcomer. But the day you you rest into that brokenness, because it can make you feel comfortable in the brokenness, and you're not no longer trying to change, you're trying to fight to stay the same. Well, there is a job in the church for ministers. Certain ministers are called to help people who refuse to stop being victims. They refuse to stop trying to change. They just settled, this is it, I'm not going to fight anymore. 
this is my life. And it can be anywhere from the homeless guy to, to a business guy that is stuck on his brokenness and not trying to change and is let himself be captive to that brokenness. Well, there is a ministry in the church. I believe there are certain people called to love on those type of broken people to make sure they get to heaven. And it's a very specific calling. It's a very important calling, but it's not for the vast majority of the church. The vast majority of the church is moving forward. I remember as a young man, I started to serve God passionately. And I had friends that I was running with. The first thing the Lord told me was I needed to leave my worldly friends because I had worldly friends. And then I got saved and they told me, hey, you're spending too much time at church. Well, I started to love church. And I was 18 at the time, maybe 17, 18, and started to get passionate for God. And the Lord told me I needed to leave my friends because I was different around them than I was in church. And they were trying to hold me back. And so I had to leave. And they were good friends. They weren't horrible people. They were the best people, but they weren't serving God. So the Lord had me remove myself from them. Well, then I made Christian friends. Well, eventually, my hunger and passion for God began to be different than theirs. And they were stopping somewhere in their Christianity. And the Lord told me he wanted me to remove myself from my Christian friends. And I remember asking God, like, what do I do? He's, do you want me to stop and stay with him? He didn't. The Lord will have you, if you're growing, to continue growing because it's very important for the world, for your family, for your calling, that you always keep growing. And in that walk of growing, you may outgrow friends and family and acquaintances that have decided they've stopped growing somewhere. And the Lord's not judging them, but He's. it's very important that you keep growing. And so what he does is he has you grow, but he has ministers who he will send to them to help them where they're at and to help make sure they get to heaven. And, but you, he'll always have you keep growing and keep pressing into God. And so there are people called to stay in that place and, and camp with those people and help them to be loved and to feel the love of God, even if they're using victimness to stay the same. And when I say that, I'm trying to be careful because I've met and, and helped and worked with many broken, broken people. And I could tell you horror stories, shocking horror stories of what one person did to damage another person, to damage children, to damage men and women, to destroy them, some of them with Christian titles, some of them with parent titles. Just incredible how much how ruthless the devil can be through people. And so when I say a victim, I don't want to ever belittle what someone's going through because it can be a, a quite a, a task to come through some things. But then on the same time, I've also had people use brokenness as a excuse to not change. You know, someone comes to the church and says, well, I was used by a pastor and they abused me and so now I'm not just not submitting to a church. Well, I can't understand that. I've I've heard of some really horrible things that pastors have done to people too. And then to find out their story, it's like, no, you really haven't been abused. You, you know, maybe a little, but, you know, asking to help mold the yard or 
asking to help set up the chairs is not abuse, <laughs> you know. And uh, I know people who've really been abused by churches and and ministers and and used up, and they need time to heal. But you're just making an excuse for some of the people. I'm trying to do a fine line today to make sure that if you really are broken and fighting brokenness, there's a pathway of hope for you. It's through transformation. There's a pathway of victory for you. If you're making an excuse and you're trying to stay in the same place and not change, there's a minister or there's a church somewhere for you that will love you for your whole life and help you get to heaven. But my message today is for those who are willing to fight, who are willing to get up again and fight. And isn't that the thing with brokenness of heart, that the courage to fight you have to find every day is very seldom you get two days in a row that you're excited to go fight the dragon, go fight the enemy, to overcome the, the emotions. It's very seldom you get a couple days in a row that you wake up courageous that the first thing you have to do every morning is go find the courage. And so when Paul talks about the suffering of this present time, he's talking to you. He's talking to me about that fight, that suffering you have to do every day just to get enough gumption up to say, you know what, I'm going to go pray in tongues. I'm going to go worship God. I want to confront that emotion of brokenness. And the way you confront the emotion of brokenness is you say every day, you're not me, I'm not you. I'm not broken. That feeling of brokenness is a lie. That feeling of being a victim is a lie. I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. And I'm going to root you out of my life to where you'll no longer be part of me. Again, that's easier said than done. There's nothing worse than someone who who uh, uh, opens up and says, Yeah, uh, I had this happen to me when I was a child, and it really has affected the way I think about myself. It's affected the way I see relationships. It's affected the way I see God. And someone say, Oh, yeah, yeah, I had something similar happen to me. I, I stubbed my toe when I was three, and it really hurt my feelings. And it's like, Get out of here. You. You can't help me because you, you're, not being, you're not able to describe what I've gone through. And there's a chance that there's always someone who's had it worse than you. And there's always someone who has had it better than you. So none of us really can minister because we've been there. Although that is encouraging when someone else has been there to know they made it through. But... Jesus didn't have to go out and get drunk to minister to the drunks. He didn't have to go out and uh, become a prostitute to minister to the prostitutes. He didn't have to go get tattooed to minister to the tattoos. Or didn't have to become a, a biker to go minister to the bikers. The ability to minister truth to you doesn't always come from someone who's been there exactly where you're at. It comes from someone who maybe can help see through the eyes of God, the love of God that he has for you. And can speak encouragement for you. And prayerfully that's what I'm doing today. It's just bringing encouragement for you that you may be broken. But you don't have to stay there. And if you want to stay there, there are some ministries that that can help you. But this message today is for those who are willing to at least fight. You may not think you can fight long, but at least try. okay? And at least give it a shot. Because I believe that you can make it. God believes that you can make it. God has made a way for you to make it.
and it can seem overwhelming. It's it's brokenness in the emotions. So much in your own head that no one really can understand what you're thinking and what you're feeling, especially when it comes to depression and things like that. I had a a battle a number of years ago where uh, a health battle where where I was uh, I suffered a a major stroke and it it rocked my world and I I thought I was a man of faith and then. I found out that I wasn't as strong as I thought I was. And I think with the stroke is it doesn't just affect you, didn't affect me just physically. It affected me physically, but also emotionally and mentally. I had a dear friend who spent almost 200 hours helping me do speech therapy to learn how to read out loud again and speak well. You know, not, he didn't improve my vocabulary, but he, he helped me to speak louder and better. But it affected me, and it still affects me. But I'm overcoming it. I'm not giving up. But I found that emotionally, in that moment, it had really done something to me. Like I was stripped naked in my emotions. I remember laying in the hospital room, and I could tell you which nurse came in. I could tell you which nurse loved her job. And which nurse didn't love her job. I could feel it. It's like the nurse that loved her job, I was being encouraged. The nurse that didn't love her job, I was. she was draining me. And I didn't have much to give. I had some dear friends come all the way from Michigan to see me. They drove like 18 hours to come see me. And I was so emotionally broken at the time. I could really only handle 15 minutes of fellowship. And I just got so staticky and so overwhelmed, I had to go be by myself just to recharge. And I felt bad because they made such an effort to love me, but I could only take so much. And the days that I gave up and had to wake myself up and say, no, we're going to make it, we're not going to quit. That's a daily daily thing sometimes if you're broken emotionally or physically, you're fighting any brokenness. It's just to fight, find the courage to get up that day. And the message I want to share with you today is within the, the overall picture of transformation that I don't necessarily believe in inner healing as much as uh, mortifying the brokenness that's in your natural man. But it can be the same word, that you are being healed, that brokenness is no longer there, so you're kind of healed, but it's really a mortification that takes place. But if you're seeking help and hope That's my goal. And today, the only hope I can give you is today, get up and go to work. Today, move. Today, get up and pray. Just today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just do it today. Today is your fight. Today is your fight to not give up. Today is your fight to find courage from God that says, God, I am suffering With this outward brokenness that's telling me that I'm not worthy. That I'm I'm no good. That's telling me, why try? It's never going to change. This outward brokenness is telling me it's going to happen again and again. I'm just a broken mess. I'm not as good as the other people. I've always been shocked when people look at me and think, Oh, you're so strong. And, and, And I wonder who they're talking to. Or they think you're so wise or... Whatever, it's like, listen, I just get up every day and I seek God. 
And it's not because I feel like a champion. It's not because I feel like an overcomer. Um, it's because I get up and I don't quit. I just don't quit. That's the victory in overcoming brokenness, that you won't allow yourself to quit. Now, on this path of broken, overcoming brokenness, we understand that the suffering is part of being a Christian. That the suffering of this present time, because you're left in this outward body, God, couldn't you just take this brokenness away? If he could, he would have. He's going to help you overcome it. And that's the suffering, that, that you're not going to accept it. You're going to suffer with it, and not suffer like put up with it. You're going to suffer with overcoming it. It's not fair that you have to fight this fight. But if you don't fight it, it's not going to go away. And so the first step is do whatever you have to do to make it through the day. And that means that if you need to go to counseling, if you need to get a hug, if you need to have a, a friend that you call to cry on their shoulder, in extreme cases if the doctor prescribes medication, it's all okay. It's not a lack of faith. People who say it's a lack of faith, it's like, I notice you're wearing glasses. Well, why are you wearing glasses? Well, because if I, I can't see when I drive, I have to wear glasses. Well, if it's a lack of faith to go to counseling, <laughs> then it's a lack of faith if you're wearing glasses. So just don't wear your glasses. That's how silly it is when people tell you it's a lack of faith to, to lean on the natural uh, things that are available while you're overcoming. It's not so you stay there. It's a help to get you, to keep you around, to get you on the path to keep overcoming. It won't always be that way. So I want to start with that. Like in the natural, find help. Find a, a community, whether it's a church. You can email us if you're on a prayer list. We'll pray for you. Find a church. Find a, a hotline. Find somewhere, anywhere, someone who can encourage you when you really just need a little bit of encouragement. Watch this video over and over. It doesn't matter. Find the way to keep yourself encouraged on the outside where you can reach out. Because there may be days where you want to just go to sleep and quit. And all those days, I'm going to say, even if you just reach out to one of your avenues of help, a prayer line or, or an encouraging video, encouraging song, just to try to stir up the fire in you. Because the fire is in you to win. You're a child of God. That fire is in you to overcome this and to win. That is in you. And there's times where everything in you is going to want to run, and you're just going to have to stand there and say, I'm not running. I don't agree that this is me. This is my outward man screaming at me. It's going to fail, but I refuse to stop following God. So the first step is find an outward friend, an outward source. If you say, I have no friends, there are people I know that, are limited with their who they can contact with, then find online, healthy online ministries that will minister to you, respond to you, to connect with you. Find a hotline. There's hotlines that you can call and just talk to someone. And find a song that encourages you. It can be even a an old uh, Rocky Balboa song that gets your blood flowing. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to win. I'm not going to quit. Whatever it takes for you to start your day, start it. Because that's the first step, is to find the courage to face the lie of brokenness that's in your outward man. And to say, I don't accept you. 
you're not me. And that's what he's talking about here in Romans 8, verse 18, that I consider the sufferings of this present time. Everything you're going through and suffering through by not giving in to it, they're not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. This new body we're going to receive will have no more suffering, no more brokenness. There's no brokenness in eternity. And so this is just a temporary fight. So I want to encourage you to fight, to get up every day, to say, I am a child of God. And the sufferings of this present time, what you're going through to fight and not accept that brokenness, the glory you'll reveal because of your fight will be so much more than the battle and the suffering that you go through to make it through the day. And as some for sometimes it's one day at a time. Just one day at a time. I remember early on when I had the stroke, it turned my world upside down. Everything changed. I was bedridden for months and needed help with everything. The doctors had pretty much given up any chance of me walking. And we never gave up. And every day, sometimes, I could have given up a thousand times. I'd feel it. Like, I'm just not going to try. Why try? Why give up? I gave up. But I'd give up a thousand times, and I'd get up a thousand times. So even if you're in that cycle of giving up and struggling, maybe you miss a day or two and you just give up. I remember my physical therapist said, Alan, if you're in bed, you're dead. So he was trying to spur in me a fight to move, not just to give in to what was easier. I like my physical therapist, my occupational therapist. Well, they encouraged me, and God encouraged me, and friends encouraged me, and, and I had to find ultimately a fight in me to say, every day, I do my best. That's it. If I had a crappy day, if I had a bad day and a disappointing day, I didn't fight like I should have, didn't pray like I should have. Tomorrow I start new. Ah, so what? Tomorrow was a, yesterday was a bad day. Today I want to start a new day. I'm going to make it a good day. I want to fight today. And see, I'm, I'm trying to talk to someone who's trying to fight. Not the one who wants to play the victim. People want to play the victim. They use sometimes, and we have mercy on them because they're broken. But some people use their brokenness to vacuum love from other people and they'll you'd be shocked how a broken person can use up your life drain all your money drain all your time all your energy and you're just trying to help them but see they're not trying to change they're just filling that void and what happens is they'll use up your life and then they'll step over your carcass and go find someone else to use up that's why people have to be called. There's a certain group of ministers who are called to minister to broken people that they have a calling on their life to work with them and not be destroyed and not use up their life. Most people are not called to that. Most people are called to keep moving forward in their calling, in growing in God. And like my friends that God told me to move from, I remember having that question like, but God, if I'm going forward with a buddy and we're running towards you and he stops, shouldn't I just stop? And the Lord told me, no, you keep moving and always keep your hand back to help him if he wants to keep moving. The point is he has to want to keep moving. That's the point of growing. You have to keep moving, keep growing. One of the best things you can do if you're fighting discouragement or depression, 
is just move. Just move. Go for a walk. Dance around the house. Do something. Move. Move your body. Move your mind. You Move your spirit. Move. Movement creates more movement. Go drive around. Go walk around. Pray in tongues. Get moving in the spiritual things, and you'll find that, ah, okay, I'm not so bad. But in the moment when you're fighting that discouragement, you think, I'm not going to get out of this. And that's the hardest thing to get out of the idea of not even trying. I had a friend of mine, a dear friend, who fought with depression. And it was a deep depression. Like his wife said he he had a good job, he was working. And then one day he just didn't like going to work and he started to withdraw. It wasn't a surprise uh, to him. But it was, he was emotionally broken as a kid. And what he had, he had enough strength through his life to fight that emotion of depression by just being busy. And being busy is okay in the moment, but it doesn't fix the problem. Fixing the problem comes from growing up in the inner man and mortifying the brokenness in the outer man. Fixing the problem is different than surviving the problem. Well, he had survived the problem through his whole life by just being stronger. You know, you can work up a a grit and a strength. And he just got stronger and he worked his job. And his wife said when he got to be, I think in his 50s, all of a sudden he started to slow down. And he started to skip work. And he had a great job and was like a boss and uh, management and he started to skip work and then not want to go to work. And eventually he just kind of worked his way out of work. And now he was home. And she said he ended up in the basement of the house and would sit in a dark room for hours and hours. And then it grew to eight hours to the whole day to where eventually he would just come out once a day for food, if that. And he fell into this deep depression. And the Lord showed me this verse in kind of, helping him to understand what he was going through and helping me to understand what he went through. And his testimony is amazing because he got out of that condition. And I'm going to read to you out of Psalm 40. Psalm 40, starting in verse 1. This is from uh, David. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear, and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. And your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If we could declare and speak of them, they'd be more than can be numbered. So the thoughts that God has for you in your moment of battle are are more than can be numbered. That means that in the midst, when you feel alone, when you feel like giving up, God hasn't stepped aside and said, come on, toughen up. No, God's thinking about you, more thoughts than you can even number. He's caring about you. He's compassionate towards you. He's, he's uh, for you, not against you. 
And the way I saw with my friend was, I saw kind of an image of a a man who get up every morning and go for a swim across the lake and then come back. And this was the image that I saw in regards to my buddy, my good friend, that overcame deep, dark depression, brokenness. And I saw him get up in the morning. This is just an image. And he'd swim across the lake and come back and eat breakfast with his family and, and go on to work. And then the next day he'd get up and go for a swim. And then he was able to do it. He was able to handle that thoughts of depression. But then one day he got up to swim and he noticed that the water turned a little thicker. So it took more effort for him to swim across the lake, but he still made it. And then the next day got a little thicker and a little thicker until he eventually got so thick that he found himself stuck in the mud. He was swimming in mud and he was stuck. And that's kind of what happened to him was all of a sudden his family realized that he was where is he? He's not He's not the same man. Well, he is, but he lost his effort to fight and things got thicker for him that he's stuck in that depression. And when you get stuck, you can feel really lost. I had a few moments during the last few years where I, I went off a cliff emotionally into a depression. And because of the natural stroke result effects on my my emotion i found with myself that i can't play with depression i can't allow myself to play around with that because if i allow myself to just play around with it a little bit because sometimes it may sound odd but self-pity can be a comforting place and if i play around with that then it's like i go a little further And very quickly, I can go down to this deep, dark hole where I look up and I don't see any way out. And I feel very lost. And I've had to reach out to my family and friends to pull me out of those moments. And listen, if you have those moments, you're not a failure. You're just a fighter. And that's why it's important you have certain avenues where you know who to call, where you can call, or who you can reach out to just to kick you in the butt and remind you, get up. You're going to get up. You are going to get up. You're going to get up. Get up. Move. You're not giving up. And how quickly you can be pulled out or get out of those dark holes. And so this friend of mine, it was like he was strong in his willpower and worked through that those thoughts of depression his whole life until eventually it caught up to him. And he found himself stuck in this mud of depression. The way in the vision what happened was the lake he was swimming in got thicker and thicker and turned into mud. And then his family discovered he wasn't at breakfast. Where is he? Where's our husband and our dad? Well, he's in the miry pit. He's trapped in that miry pit of depression. He's stuck there all alone. And there he was in the basement, just stuck there. And it says here that um, God will pull you out of that miry pit and put your feet on a rock. And that's what God did for him. And he said the way he did it was the Lord, the Lord, because he cried out to the Lord every day, I don't want this. He said that he spent, the Lord told him to spend time worshiping God. And he said it was the most difficult thing he did, but he made himself just worship God. Lord, I worship you. I glorify you. 
uh, magnified. That's all he did. Day after day, he made himself do it until eventually he found his feet on a rock and he no longer had that depression. There's hope for you to overcome brokenness. There's victory for you to overcome anything that has been done to you in the past. And the Lord is your helper. He's not your herder. He's your helper. I want to go to another verse here. One more set of verses over in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Now, I'm teaching through transformation about inner healing or overcoming brokenness or whatever verbiage you want to use. I don't necessarily call it inner healing as much as I call it outer mortification. But there's victory for you. And today I want to encourage you. Your job, if you're really broken, if you're fighting brokenness, discouragement, unworthiness, you'd be shocked if you talk to the average person how many people fight with things at different levels, have to overcome things at different levels. But everyone's kind of fighting something. But some brokenness is worse than others. Philippians chapter 4. The verses you've heard, they sound like generic. Like, oh yeah, that's a nice verse. They're there. These verses are a tool to encourage you how to today overcome brokenness. What I want to do through this teaching, teachings on inner healing is to help you get unbroken, to remove the brokenness and destroy the brokenness that's in you. Not to heal it, to destroy it. Because the real you is not broken. There's nothing broken about you. The brokenness is a lie of your natural man trying to tell you who you are. It feels like you because it's so intimate. The natural man is so close to your inner man. But it's not you. But it can release those chemical emotions of defeat and discouragement. And they can be a mountain sometimes that feel like you can't overcome it. And it may take everything in you just to make it for one hour. Listen, if you can just do one hour, if you can if you can gain an inch, if you only gain an inch a day, you made an inch. Good job. That means tomorrow you can do another inch. And you can make it the whole way. But at least you made it a little bit. And that's the fight of overcoming brokenness. Is to not run from it, to not let it run you away from what God has you, to not be a victim, to never be a victim, to never say, I am a victim, to never let that come out of your mouth, that I've just been so broke, I need to stay this way. Don't let that ever come out of your mouth, because you will you'll end up staying that way. You're better than that. You're stronger than that. Let the fight come in you every day, no matter what you're facing, what circumstances, what battle... This can be not even with brokenness. Maybe you're in your family situation, your financial situation. It can be so bad. I had one friend who got himself into a lot of trouble, with like legal trouble. And it was innocent on his part, but stupid on his part. And he lost everything. Lost everything he had. And I remember talking to him because he was older than me, and I really love this man. And I said, how do you do it? How are you still operating after all you just went through? And it was self-inflicted and it was a stupid decision he made, but it cost him everything. He said, Alan, I get up every day and I go to work. Well, now, 30 years later, 
everything he's got everything back and everything's wonderful because he didn't give up. I've sat with young girls who just found out they're pregnant, teenage girls, and they feel their whole life is over. Everything's over. They made a mistake and everything's over. But the encouragement is, listen, 10 years, 15 years from now, it's not even going to be a whiff of, of a thought. You're going to be fine. You just have to walk through this. You can walk through anything. You're tough as nails. You are a child of God. You're made for this. You're made to overcome this battle with the outward man. You're not worse than anyone else, and no one else is better than you, or no one's worse than you. You can make it through this. We don't allow ourselves excuses. But even if you just get up for five minutes, everything in you wants to stop, stay the same, and you get five minutes of praying in tongues in, Listen, that's five minutes of change, of transformation that you just did. My friend that worshipped, he worshipped, and I think he said he just started with a few minutes. That's all he can muster, but he got it in. Well, the next day he was still in the basement in the darkness, but he got in a few more minutes. And eventually he worked his way in worship and found the light where he was able to believe God loved him enough to put him on the rock. And he overcame that depression that was meant to destroy him. And he carried that his whole life. You can overcome. Just don't quit. Philippians chapter 4. Now as I read this, I'm not trying to be flippant. Like, here's a verse. Just do it. I'm trying to empower you with scripture. Word of God to say, this is a tool you can use. But you have to use it. There's nothing worse to say someone, to say to someone who's fighting brokenness or depression to say, just get over it. They've obviously not been in your shoes. They don't know what you're going through. So I'm not saying just get over it, but I am saying, just do this. You got to do this. You got to get up. You got to move. Yes, it can feel like there's no sense. It can feel like it's worthless. You can feel like you're worthless. You can feel so broken that you're never going to be unbroken. But Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, that it is a ministry of God to help the brokenhearted. How do you help the brokenhearted? By unbreaking them, to help them get rid of that brokenness. Let's just start in verse 4. And, and I'm not trying to be flippant. I'm not trying to just throw a verse at you. I'm trying, this is a tool. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Okay, that's practical. Get up and dance. I don't want to dance. Dance. Move and shake, turn on the loud music and and just dance and dance. Move, rejoice before the Lord. I don't feel like it. It doesn't say feel like it. It says just do it. Rejoice before the Lord. Be excited. Make yourself, I am going to change the world. And you'll feel, no, you're not. Yes, you are. I'm going to do it. I am. I'm not going to win. I'm going to overcome. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Oh, that's such a... A nice verse. Be anxious for nothing. Now, he's not telling you if you're anxious, stop it. He's saying, when you have anxiousness over anything, he says, in prayer, in supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So he's giving you a practical tool here, that if you feel anxious, you're not wrong to feel anxiousness. He's not saying just ignore it. He's saying take that anxiousness. And the way you handle that anxiousness is through prayer. Lord, here's my problem that I'm facing. Supplication, which is saying, Lord, 
I ask you to help me to get through this. So I'm asking you for strength. I'm asking you for direction. Prayer, supplication. With Thanksgiving, he's giving you three things to do when you feel anxious, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel overcome, when you feel like stopping. There's three things. Well, four things. And one, rejoice. But prayer, supplication, and with Thanksgiving. You pray, God, here is what I'm struggling with. Supplication, will you help me find the way through this, God? Will you give me strength? And thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you. And, and here's what you do. When you feel, when you're in that moment, you thank him. Lord, I thank you that I'm overcoming this. I thank you that I'm not, this brokenness is not me. It's in my outward man. I'm not broken. Lord, I thank you that you've already set me free from my past. You set me free from the brokenness. I'm not a victim. Lord, I thank you that you are my healer. You're my deliverer. I am strong in you. You're, you're strong through me. I thank you that right now your your power is in me, your presence is in me. I receive it. And you keep thanking him until you get enough courage to stand up and say, that's right, I'm not putting up with this for another minute. And you have a fight for however long it lasts. you got a victory. That victory is important because you are teaching yourself to not stay a victim. Be anxious in nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then what happens? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So as you are thanking God, when do I stop thanking God? After a minute? After two minutes? How long do I thank God? 20 minutes? Listen, when you're, when you're in that fight of discouragement and brokenness, you may have to do this every day. You may have to do this 10 times a day. My message today is to encourage you to not give up, to kick you in the rear end, to say get up and fight, and to let you know that it won't always be this way. The pathway of transformation, of mortifying the outward man, is the pathway of inner healing. It is a pathway of victory, a pathway of living out of your inner man while you mortify the thoughts and deeds of the outward man. You thank him, and you thank him, and you thank Him, and you thank Him until you feel that peace of God start to rise up in you, and you start to say, you know what? He is my helper. He does love me. He is taking my feet out of the miry clay and putting me on the rock. I'm on the rock of Jesus. I cannot fail. All of a sudden, you'll feel that peace and hope of God rise in you, and you'll feel like you might make it. You'll feel like you are going to make it. And then after a few moments, you're going to feel that you have made it. You are going to make it. You've already won. See, that's the sneakiness about brokenness. You've already won. You already have won if you don't quit. doesn't matter how many bad days you have, how many slow days. Some days you may gain an inch. Some days you may gain a mile. Some days you may just do horrible and have to restart the next day. But if you don't quit, you've already won. If you don't quit, you will see that. So I want to encourage you today. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. Brokenness within a person is nothing to scoff at, nothing to make fun of. Brokenness within a person is something that can limit a person as much as physical brokenness. So I tell people who go out and they look for broken bodies, say, I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to pray for you. 
So you need to pray to God who you're to pray for, because sometimes the person pushing the wheelchair is more broken than the person in the wheelchair. We have a lot of people who are hiding their brokenness because they don't think there's real help. They're embarrassed by their brokenness. Don't be embarrassed. You're not weak. You're not weak because you're fighted. You're an overcomer. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are our strength. You are our hope. That you don't belittle any fight. That you are our encourager. The one who gives us strength. The Lord, it says that you came to the place in the miry clay and lifted us out and put our feet on the solid rock. And that if we were to realize how many thoughts that you had towards us today, we couldn't even count the numbers of how often, how many times you cared and were compassionate and thought about us. In the moment we thought we were alone, we were not alone. You were thinking about us and desiring to pour your love your strength, your courage, and power through us. So I pray right now for my friend that you pour your love in them right now, your strength in them, your courage in them, that they are a fighter. They're an overcomer. And no matter what they're fighting emotionally that no one else can see, you see it. And you're proud of them for not giving up. You're pleased with them, but even trying for not just settling in with that brokenness. You're pleased with them. You're so pleased with them for just taking a little time and effort to press into you because they believe that they are who you say they are. They're your child. They're born of you. They're righteous. Father, I thank you for your presence of love and courage that you touch me with and my friend with right now, in Jesus' name, we will not quit. We will not settle for where we are. We will not give up. We know that you have given us a path that will bring us to victory over every little thing. You're not just a healer of the broken physically. You're also a healer of the brokenhearted. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, I love you, and I appreciate you. I want to remind you, we do have a, a link to send a prayer request. If you feel you'd like for us to pray for you, please send that. And on our website, we have confessions. If you like to get confessions on how to speak the Word of God, that's available on our website. But I love you, and I really appreciate you spending time with me today. I hope I blessed you. I'll see you soon.